Hello and welcome to Two Peas in a Pod. We're currently living in a time where there's seemingly a lot of negativity on the news and social media, so we're here to show you that that's not the case. We'll find great things happening around the world and to celebrate positive news rather than making a token piece at the end of a news bulletin. We'll be talking to each other as well as guests and see how they're celebrating positivity. This won't be preachy and it won't be political. Our plan is to be positive and hopefully have a good laugh along the way. Kez P isn't here this week, but it's me, Ben P. Welcome to episode 50 of Two Peas in a Pod. Rather deep on me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Morning, everyone. <laughs> Hope you're doing good, everybody. It is me, Ben P, normally hosting with Kez P. Kez P, uh, he is super busy this week. Uh, he's looking after the pup, his little puppy, and also navigating his way through coursework, which... Uh, <laughs> Fair place for you, dude, just to be able to go, how do you learn again? Oh, also deadlines, also this, and I've got my job. So full, full respect. But he's going to be back next week. It's just me on my own again. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. How's your week been? Mine has been pretty good. So where are we at? We are on the uh, recording on the 5th of April. Now, I mentioned, obviously, that I had last week that I had my birthday, uh, which is really good. And I decided for a little bit of a present to myself, I was going to get myself a little something. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to get for a long, long time. This little thing is a Nintendo Switch. Now, so a lot of you are going to kind of go, oh, dude, that's really sad. That's a bit nerdy. But I've been looking forward to getting myself a Nintendo Switch for, well, since it came out, basically. And so, yeah, I've got myself a Zelda game. I've got myself a Mario game. I've got Mario Kart. And I'm just having the best time. My inner child is like, woohoo! My outer child, outer child is such my outer adult. It's a bit like, oh, no, no. Just thinking about the financial side of things. So, um, but yeah, so that's been good. Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, we were recording on uh, Bank Holiday Monday as well. Um, I hope everybody's Easter's have been okay. So we did a bit of a, just a nice chilled one. We had like a lovely little vegan-y style roast on Good Friday. And on Easter Sunday, uh, we went round to uh, my partner Michelle's uh, family's place in the garden. Now that we're able to do that, that was really nice. The weather was really lovely. We're really blessed with that. And yeah, just gave people a chance across the board, I think, just to... I suppose, yeah, to see family, you know what I mean? And to be able to mingle in these sort of outdoor spaces and things. And I think I've definitely seen a lot of positivity through that as well. So that's really cool. So that was a really sort of grateful little weekend. And and yeah, so that's kind of, that, that's where things have been. So I think without further ado, we should let you know who we've got this week. It's a bit of an interesting one. Now, normally we get someone that we don't know. This is somebody that I do know, but most of you guys I think you may not know or may not know well. Uh, this week, we are talking to a, a choir leader, the musical director of the of the Canterbury Christchurch Gospel Choir, but he's also my dad. We are talking to Vince P, Big Daddy P. He, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about all the, the video stuff that he's been doing of late, where he's been gathering people together, individually recording performances on their phones and releasing that to the world of social media for both charity means and as well as entertainment means and to kind of get the community of the gospel choir doing something collectively in a time where they really really can't unfortunately because of obviously singing en masse together in a time of covid we're going to be talking to him about you know how he got into gospel music and things and looking at the gospel awards that they've done over the course of their time uh, as a gospel choir and and yeah just about sort of music generally and stuff and i've got to say it was like not a little bit weird but interviewing your own dad is it's quite an interesting one. It was good fun. And there was things that I didn't necessarily know about the gospel choir that I now know. And it was, yeah, really interesting. So, you know, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. And, you know, you don't have to be a person of faith to enjoy this episode either. Just, I think just a fan of music and just finding out about how a gospel choir kind of works. And, you know, especially during a time of COVID. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, everybody, let's get straight into it. So, this week we are talking to musical director of the Canterbury Christchurch Gospel Choir, as well as the choir leader and musician. He's also my dad. Please show your love this week for my dad, Vince Pilo. Dad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure listening to you over the last, however, 11-odd months since you started doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's just driving people with a bit of positivity, which is one of the things that I try and do as well with, with what I'm doing. So, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. 
No, cool. Yeah, and uh, as you can probably guess, Kez isn't here this week, but he does send his love. Oh, Kez, what a, what a diamond Kez is. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely in, is. In, in the rough, maybe, should I say that? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he knows what I mean. <laughs> yeah, Kez will explain that when he's back next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, um, so firstly, why don't you tell everybody um, how you got involved in the gospel world and the gospel choir in the first place? It starts a long time ago, to be honest. I, I grew up in South London. I grew up in a very, um, very staid Catholic family. So going to church every Sunday. Uh, and it was very old fashioned and dour and, mm. and very sort of like solemn hymns and things like that. And when I was, I don't know, when I was about 17, 18, yeah. there was, um, there was a, a group that started in the, in one of the, the, like the newer churches at the time anyway, yeah. um, where, you know, they had a rock band. Right. Okay. And I, I wasn't, I mean, I'm a guitarist as you know, obviously, mm-hmm. But at the time, I wasn't even playing guitar. It was just the fact that I appreciated music, mm. and uh, and one of the things that actually sort of like you know keeps me alive, keeps me going, is is music. Mm. And uh, and this group was sort of for that for their time were were quite out there. Mm. I mean, they were just a little bunk, bunch of like local guys. I mm. think it was about three three guys, two girls. Yeah, and they had, but they had a full-on sort of like you know five-set band with you know all on mics and all singing sort of like kind of close harmony stuff, and mm-hmm. but with a real rocky feel to it. So you know you just felt enlivened by listening to it, and I thought oh, yeah. this is this is a, di- a different thing for church and not something that I'd experienced at all. Yeah, and then sort of like when I got a bit older, I started you know spreading out a little bit further. Mm. And you know, like I say, it was in South London. So Brixton was, you know, a ten minute bus ride. And obviously with the in the like the seventies as it was, seventies, eighties, the uh, you know, there was quite a, a vibrant Afro Caribbean community in Brixton. Mm. And um in Brixton Market there was a it was a, like an open street market that was just mm. underneath the underneath the railway bridges type of thing. Mm. And um, there was always two old guys that used to sell records. And there was one guy who was like at the beginning of the market who used to, to um, sell records that were all sort of like Calypso and that kind of stuff, the Caribbean feel. But it's, I yeah. mean, it wasn't pre-reggae or anything, but it was yeah. just, it was more for the older older folks. So it's like, you know, to make them feel at home, that, that kind yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. But up the other end, there was a guy that always used to play church music. Right. You know, on his records and sell church music. So I started picking up some of those and getting into the whole vibe of the, the you know, the black American gospel. And it was always a thing, always a thing for me that, that no matter what, you know, if I saw a gospel choir on the TV, which was very rare in those days, mm. I'd get quite excited because that kind of music really grabbed me. Mm. And uh, I got to know the, the a few people in the scene at the time, like the, the London Community Gospel Choir, which is like the, the premier gospel choir in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I met them, like the like their original lineup. I, I met some of them in about 1982 when they were first starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of like, you know, just followed them a little bit. You know, they'd every now and then they'd pop up on TV and things like that. And they go, yeah, I met yeah. him and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. As you do when you meet somebody and you yeah, think, yeah. oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> and uh, and then it all kind of went quiet for a bit. And I went through my like music career of of doing various stuff. You know, I carried on doing stuff at my own church. And then mm-hmm. me and my next-door neighbor started a band. And we just started, you know, just a, a, a rock band. And mm. we, kept, you know, we kept that going for about, you know, 20, I think it's 25 years this year. Bizarrely, scary yeah. for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Remember that first gig? Yeah. And, uh, but then, and I used to work up in London, and like you know, playing in the band was a way of of releasing a bit of stress of working in the city. It was like you know, I could come yeah, down yeah. and bash out on a guitar, and uh, and then I got made redundant from that job and started working at Canterbury Christ Church University. Mm. And one day, an email came round from a student, and it said. 
you know, to all staff, all students. So mm. I'm not too sure how she got away with it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and it said, you know, we're starting a university gospel choir. So I joined and I was the mm. only member of staff. So it was quite weird because I was right. up in my 40s and these are all like 18, 19 year olds that were yeah. giving it large. Yeah. And uh, so I joined and, and, and that carried on for a, a three years, I think it was, with students running it. And I mm. kind of stayed involved. And like the, the student that was then running it after so one student did it for a year, then she left and then it was actually her yeah. cousin came and ran it for two years. Yeah. And I saw it as a resource that was really, really useful for students. Yeah. Apart from the fact that it was just a joyous thing to do and it was doing the music that I really loved. Mm. It was a really good resource for students. And I thought if it's going to be run by students, it's always going to be changing. Yeah. Right. And it's always going to be, you know, who's going to run it now? Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm here all the time. Yeah. Why don't why don't I do it? Yeah, nice. So I kind of plucked up a bit of courage and uh and started it started doing something with a few people that were left. Yeah. That was two thousand and eight. Yeah, and here we are. And here we are today. But yeah. since then it's just grown and grown. Yeah. Obviously the last couple of years it's dwindled and dwindled. But <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, That's so cool. it's kind of you know it grew from that, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's now been a, uh, has been a really useful resource. Nice, and the the choir is actually like award winning, aren't they? You know, they've done all these uh, the, like the gospel awards, the gospel choir of the year, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we got in, invited in two thousand and thirteen. I think it, no, must have been no, it must have been two thousand and eleven because they just had their ten their tenth one. Yeah, um, yeah, we got invited as a, like a pilot thing for uh, a, a girl who was at university and in a university gospel choir. Yeah, got thrilled by the whole idea of like the Sister Act Two when they had that sort of like the the, the competition mm. and uh, the high school in in Harlem type thing. Yeah, and uh, and that whole vibe of a of a gospel competition. She said, well, "Why don't we have them in the UK?" Mm. So she started it off and she started a pilot and said, you know, she invited a number of universities in the, yeah. in the south of the country to come along and, and join in and like just have a see if it worked. Mm. So we got invited to that one and we got up there and performed and it was a great experience. And then it actually went into a full-on competition after that where you had to do auditions and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so it became quite a regular thing that we you know in the the winter time when the university started sort of like september mm. october we'd put together an audition and it would go through to a number of like uh, reputable judges in the gospel world and they would choose however many seven eight ten depending on how big it was that year people to go through to the finals yeah and it would be in a theater up in london nice so and what's it like kind of like when you're performing in that sort of sense is one thing obviously doing it in a university sense but when you're doing it like a big old theatre in london you've got like a full pa system and you know what's it like going stepping from one step to the other yeah it's totally different totally different um i mean apart from the fact of i mean i've done some stage work obviously we're doing band and i've done some you know theatre work in the you know, in my past history but yeah but for some of the students that were just literally you know that were coming along to sing and all of a sudden you're standing on a stage and you've yeah. got uh, a full rack of of theatre lights pointing at you, and you can't yeah. really see the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you walk out onto the stage, and it's like you know, it's like somebody's like lifted the sun in Scandinavia after a long winter, and it's like you cannot right, yeah. see a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like you you do the sort of like the the thing the that squint. you see in the yeah. movies of people walking out onto a stage, and the hand goes up over the eyes. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh, so bright. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. you know, it, it it gave everybody just that little bit of extra excitement as well that they were doing something big. Mm, yeah, and it was you know it, it has been big. Yeah, um, and over the years we've just you know we've actually managed to get through to, I think they've had ten finals. Yeah, uh, the tenth one should have been last year, but that got uh, cancelled because of the, yeah. the current restrictions. Yeah, but out of the other nine, we got through to seven of the of the finals yeah. so i was pretty proud about that and yeah, yeah. uh and came away from two of them with trophies so nice um yeah it was quite a big thing mm, yeah totally 
And uh, and like you say, what's it been like? Obviously, where you've done every year, you've got obviously you know students coming in, brand new students coming in, some students leaving and things, and got like that to kind of figure out and who's going to fit where, all that sort of side of things. So it's your musical directing. And what's it like with twenty twenty when it's been full of COVID restrictions and what sort of trials and tribulations have you had to overcome over the course of this year? The the, the big thing really, and you know, I've been trying to keep in touch with as many students as I can. Um, mm. And I'll be honest with you that doing it in person for me is actually quite easy because yeah, I can talk the hind legs off the donkey, sure, uh, which is probably a polite way of saying what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but you know, I can talk and talk and talk, and sometimes I actually have to get told to shut up and get on with it. Sure, um, yeah. Not doing it in person is really difficult for me. Yeah. I suppose you don't have that kind of personableness, you know, like of you know, not talking to like the group, you're speaking to people on email and that sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when things uh, did go belly up in, in March last year, mm. um, we had our last uh, rehearsal the, the week before the week before lockdown, so whatever mm. it was, about the 16th or something like that okay. of March last year. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, I'll get in touch. We'll, you know, we'll see what we can do and how we can do. Yeah. And and I left it for about, obviously, because I think everybody was in a state of shock, including myself. Sure, yeah. Um, I left it till probably maybe mid-May. Yeah. Uh, and I said, does anybody fancy doing this online? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure what I can provide, but... I'll have a go, you know, I'll have a look at this, there's this thing called zoom. I've never yeah, yeah. heard of it. You know, what's <laughs> no. zoom? I don't know. Um, and I said, well, we'll, we'll have a go. And yeah. then, um, my son, Jack, who's obviously your brother yep. said to, well, you know, why don't we try and use Facebook live stream? Yeah. So, and I did that and it was just weird on the basis that when you do live stream, you're talking to a screen and hanging, no verbal responses from people you know every now and then you get you know you get a heart fly up the screen which is nice or a thumbs up and it just disappears yeah yeah but it's the fact of not having that call and response where you can which is quite integral definitely. it is but you can talk to people and you get something back or if you say something funny they laugh yeah yeah it would be like doing a whole comedy routine yeah well, this is it. We've had a few comedians now on the show and they've all said like they've done Zoom gigs and there's been that kind of like, it's not the same, but it's something, mm. you know, and there's no kind of, you tell a joke, people laugh. Like you say, there'd be the occasional heart that comes up or something. Or yeah, we had, um, who's it? Math Brown, who mm. was doing all the warm up stuff for um, uh, Mock the Week and stuff like that. And there is a bit yeah. of a thing, but there'll obviously be like people also chatting to their other halves going like, oh yeah, grab me a beer, you know, that sort of thing. So that that's just, yeah, it's the same, but different entirely if you know what i mean but yeah but yeah when you do on, you. yeah when you do on live stream there's absolutely nothing coming back mm. at all yeah yeah um but it worked it worked in the sense that it gave the students something that, that they were really missing yeah and it was just the fact of you know that obviously they weren't singing with people but they were still singing yeah and um and after that, because it was like it was beginning to fall a little bit flat, then we sort of so I did the tuition thing on live stream. Yeah. And then we'd go on to a Zoom call afterwards, but not sing, because obviously you can't sing on Zoom, not unless you can introduce a second and a half delay in your own head. So we'd just have a chat, you know, and just, you know, find out how everybody was. And, yeah, nice. you know, find out if I was making any mistakes, things like that, or things okay. that I could do better. Yeah. And uh, and one of the things that um, that came out of it was the fact um, I've always known it, sure. but one of the things that came out of it was the fact that people were saying, "I really miss the fellowship side of it." Sure, yeah. And I mean, not necessarily in a religious way, because you know there are there's quite a number of people that that join a gospel choir that have got absolutely no faith at all because it's not. It's not a faith-driven choir in that sense. It's if you would like to join it, then yeah, you no, know, it's it's open to you. Yeah, yeah. If they get something faith-based from it, then as a Christian myself, if I, you know, if somebody actually says, Do you know what, I'm actually getting something really deep and meaningful from this, then yeah, 
you know, as a Christian, I've probably done my job. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing for me really is the fact that I'm bringing people together. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that they actually re- were really missing was the fellowship side of it. Is that yeah. coming together for an evening for a couple of hours. Yeah. And having time with people that, you know, as students that weren't necessarily on their courses or anything like that. Yeah. People they didn't know apart from a gospel choir. So then they would look forward to seeing each other every Wednesday evening. Yeah. And spending time together and and yeah. sharing a common interest. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, you know, that's the one thing that I've always taken away from the gigs that you guys have done is that, you know, there are people who turn up to watch the gigs as well. There's, you know, whether it's uh, in the chapel within the Christchurch mm. University or or wherever it may be, it's like there are people of, you know, varying faiths uh, or no faiths at all. But, mm. you know, it's always been like a spiritually moving thing. And you can be spiritually moved by music, just the music alone. Do you know what I mean? Like, Not, it doesn't have to be yeah. faith-based. And, yeah, definitely. You know, and I think obviously gospel music is a really good way of doing that, that you can definitely emote and feel something and obviously mm. being part of that choir is then you know you're yeah then being moved spiritually by that and i think that's sort of a little bit of a different thing there you know yeah i mean it, and it, it does draw the whole gospel genre yeah does draw the whole thing does draw on emotion yeah and you know and i've got to say this ben because you know it's obviously you're talking to me about sort of that the, the, the positivity side of things but it, the, yeah the negative side of gospel music obviously is where it stems from yeah and it stems from sort of like the the atrocities of the of the slave trade yeah and you know originally a lot of the gospel songs and things like that aren't anything even though they may be worded as religious songs yeah they were actually about sending messages Right, um, yeah, yeah. That that the slave owners wouldn't understand, and they would be able to pass messages through song when they were singing in the fields and things like right, that. Right, right, yeah. And you know, there the, there are various stories like, and there's a famous gospel song that was done called um, "Wade in the Water." Yeah, yeah. Which obviously, it, you know, you listen to the whole song, and it's got lots of different uh, references to things like um, the the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. Yeah. So they're like wading in the water. There's also a message in there that says that if you are going to escape, walk in the streams and the rivers because then the dogs can't trace you. Right, right. Wow. So you know, there's all that. There's there's lots of sort of like you know, there's sub stories and things like that about about right. what's written into gospel songs. But a lot of it really was 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 about the the atrocities and everything, and the, yeah. you know, the whole sorrowful life that that these people were treated and the way they were treated. Yeah. Um, but all of that emotion and um, and passion yeah. comes out in the cording of the music, which obviously stems originally from African tribal music. Yeah, yeah. And then sort of like obviously, um, you know, the, the deep South American and then you've got it just kind of evolved and the whole way through yeah. jazz, blues and all that. Kind of, the whole thing comes stems from the same kind of place. Yeah. But it really does draw on, on emotions and that's what makes you feel... Mm. It makes me feel elated. Yeah, when yeah, I hear definitely. it, it's it's a very uplifting sound. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so it's sort of like it's a mixture of all of those things. That that the, but one of the the big things for me really that I've noticed was the fellowship. So it was able to be able to provide that during these mm. pandemic times to still create some kind of fellowship. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. Like, and that's something I've always taken away. Sort of viewing it, and you know, you see it with current students and alumni as well that it's not just just a choir you know people see it as like a bit of a you know like you say a fellowship and a bit of a a family affair and stuff you know and they've in a weird way you kind of like yeah students are almost like like offshoots of your immediate family of me and you know jack and jay my two brothers you know they're sort of like extended family almost you know yeah the fact that quite a lot of the people treat me almost like a dad i probably i did actually say a few years ago because i've had I think at last count, it was 1,100 students that have been through the choir at some stage or other since right, 2008. Okay. Yeah. It's like having 1,100 kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because they all kind of, you know, you know, when they do see me or, you know, greet me or send me messages or anything, they are very kind of fatherly messages, which is, mm. which is great. And mm, it's, nice. uh, you know, that gives me a real sense of pride. Yeah, definitely. That I've been able to, you know, 
be a part of those people's lives and you know yeah. they, they all keep in you know not all of them but yeah. a good number of them do keep in touch with me on social media now and i i nice. find out about their lives how they've you know moved on and married yeah. and kids and all that kind of stuff so. yeah yeah nice nice and then you know obviously one of the things that you've been doing over the time of you know covid and restrictions and that sort of thing is you've been doing these online videos and stuff which uh you know talking th- about things being a family affair this is hmm. something that um that i've been doing the mixing for and then jack uh my little brother obviously your son uh has been hmm. uh, looking after the video side of things and you know w- what's that been like sort of like doing the videos and things and you know obviously you've been doing a lot of positive things with those videos or raising money mm. for charity and all that sort of thing. And, you know, they've, they've always come out amazing, but yeah, what's that been like for you? It's been, it's, it, I'll be honest, it's tough. Sure. It's tough because, um, normally like when I'm teaching stuff, um, in person, you know, you can, you, you bounce around between, I've, I've got all of the parts in my head. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it's, in order for to do that, I mean, I, I'm sure that loads of people have seen these videos online that various choirs have done. Yeah. Um, of, you know, the, like the multi-screen videos with different faces on. Yeah. And, uh, but it takes a lot of work, as you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of logistical stuff behind the scenes that you wouldn't necessarily, as a watcher of the video, realise is happening. It's the fact that the only way you can actually do it mm. is to, is to, um, to have a backing track and a guide track for the voices Yeah, to get everybody to actually sync together. So you have yeah. to ha- record somebody's voice for them to sing along to. Yeah. Sadly, that's been me because, <laughs> um, you know, I, because I've not been able to get anybody else around and, and, uh, of course, yeah. and to share tracks and things like that. So the last yeah. few times it's, it's been me, which like I say, when you're bouncing around and you've got all of these different parts in your head, yeah. When it comes to sort of saying, right, okay, I'm going to record this, the the alto part. Yeah. And uh, and then you realise halfway through that you've been recording it and you switched into the tenor part because it's just something that's yeah, right, happens yeah. unnaturally in your head. Yeah, yeah. So then you have to go back and do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you know, take 24. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I did get a bit annoyed with myself the other night when we were doing the latest one, just because it's a song that I've been doing for years and years and years, and yeah, and it just kept bouncing around, and I just couldn't couldn't get it right. So there was right. very nearly a broken set of headphones, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I had to had to walk away and calm yep. down, and then nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into it. Um, mm. But I think people have actually found it. You know, they've had a focus of something to do. Yeah, and again, yeah. that's that's one of the aims of the of the, the choir is to yeah is to give people something t- to focus on. You know, when yeah. we're in person, we normally have a Christmas concert and a yeah and a summer concert as a celebration of people's time at the university because obviously yeah. you know every summer people leave, so it's kind of a celebration event. Yeah, yeah. So without being able to do like those concerts over the last whatever it is 12, 13 months now, yeah, it's been another outlet to give people a focus to say, you know, we can do something together yeah, yeah, and, and people can see it because we can share it on social media and yeah, you know, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, yeah. you know, Facebook, all those social media things. Yeah. It's, all those, um... all those fangled things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's been obviously really interesting from my point of view, from an audio point of view, I had someone literally messaging about it today, actually. Um, a guy that I follow on Instagram um, who does these amazing images. He takes like a film, for example, and does like a brand new like artwork for a poster or he'll take mm. an, an album and do the same thing. And I shared the latest video that we had in our stories and he was just like, that's really wicked. That's properly, like, how's he, how have you gone about that? And I was saying, oh yeah, you know, we're, everyone sends all their videos individually. I get those videos. I then mix it. I then send it back to to you know get it synced with the video and they were, they were like oh well they used microphones and properly you know do that sort of thing right i was like oh no that's from an, an iphone or an android phone or whatever mm. they're like mate that's other really phones cool. are available other phones are available yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and he was just sort of saying like he just couldn't believe that like that kind of quality was happening from there i was like mm. well to be honest it kind of you know phones are obviously ideal for voice to a point obviously it's not as crisp and clear as a as a proper condenser microphone or something vocal microphone or choir microphone but mm. you know it does the job and obviously the quality of the singing is the thing that sort of you know there's old recordings out there 
that maybe aren't as high quality, but the the singing and the performance is the thing that makes it, you know. So that's that's always been the thing for for mixing it for me. The, the nice thing about it, I mean, I've done we've done audio recordings, and you've done some for me in the past, where it's literally somebody's asked for an audio recording. Yeah, but one of the nice things for me with these things is the fact that you can, you know, and and if in the past we've had videos of like of the choir, yeah, but you have to, you know, because sometimes it can be quite a big choir yeah as you know um you know we've we've done uh we've done concerts and things like that from anything from like 30 people to like some of the first ones of the year yeah well i mean there was one year which i know that you were at because you recorded you recorded the the song on your phone from the back of canterbury cathedral yeah and we had 78 people in the choir yeah um but one of the things about these videos is the fact that you can see everybody yeah you can see everybody's faces you can see yeah. The fact that they're either enjoying singing it or yeah. they're they're feeling soulful and they're like yeah. you know they're doing the the finger in the ear and the shut in their eyes and <laughs> yeah, yeah you know um, but it means that y- you can see a little it's like a little window into the soul yeah 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 uh, in the instead of being part of a group yeah they're part of a group but they have their own personality in the group which for yeah. some people is a big step. Yeah, yeah, but they've taken that step and they're they're they've been happy to do it, and you know, effectively share their you know quite a big image of themselves. Yeah, which normally they would be you know just sort of like melded into the choir. Yeah, scene and just be a face amongst that you know a, a, a throng. Yeah, you know you you kind of had to be you know there's a certain amount of bravery and putting yourself out there and saying you know yeah. I'm going to sing <laughs> first of all. Yeah. And I'm going to put my face in a, a moving image onto yeah. the internet for people to see. Yeah. So, yeah. but it has been nice for me to be able to see people. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously like where we've been talking about it, I look after the audio for the video. Um, Jack, you know, uh, my little brother, he looks after the video and stuff like that. But it's not just like the videos and stuff. Obviously the, the choir has been a bit of a family affair where Jack's been playing the bass since, well, the beginning, I'd say. I think, you know, mm. since, certainly since 2008. I try and, certainly when I was cutting my teeth as a sound engineer, that was a lot of the gigs I was mixing for you and stuff. And I've done a few gigs Indeed. since and things. Um, which has been a real... Very grateful, by the way. No, no. It, you know, it was, it's a real kind of, to get choir stuff mixed right from a live sound point of view it's one thing if you've got like one guy on an acoustic guitar or the microphones are really close so it makes it a little bit easier but suddenly when you've got like a really live band over there and you've got really like a choir that needs to stand on top of that and you want that without feeding back that's a whole different you know kettle of fish but um Mm. and then (laughs) but yeah and and then that kind of really came in handy when i was mixing a bulgarian choir at a festival two years ago and I was like, yeah, I know what to do. Bish, 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 bash, 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 dot. And like, mm. just did it. And it just, um, everyone went, that, that sounded amazing. I'm like, this isn't my first time. <laughs> like, I've done this before. Um, but then, yeah. So, and obviously now mum's singing in the choir as well. And yeah. so what, like for you on more of a personal level, having it as a bit of a family affair from the immediate side of things. It's, it has its problems sometimes because obviously in the sense that when we go to rehearsals on a Wednesday night, um, yeah. apart from the fact it's, it's a bit of a logistical thing because so meeting together on a Wednesday night that's you know three it was three cars going into the same place yeah and then driving home and so you know you get home about 10 o'clock at night or whatever mm. and then you sit down and you, you'd kind of debrief yeah right yeah <laughs> so it kind of it, it it made the thing like you know not not drag but it was just an extra part of the evening sort of yeah. like you no know, that went really well or that didn't go so well and you think yeah Whereas normally you'd probably, um, you know, when I was doing it on my own, um, you know, I'd just come home and have a cup of tea, have some dinner and go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it just kind of felt like expand. But, but, you know, that's good. You know, it's always good to talk about these things and yeah. to have some kind nice. of um, conversation about it. But it's it's one of the things that this pandemic has, has taught me particularly and yeah. I'm sure has taught a lot of people is that it's really important to engage with your family yeah um and it's been it's been a real joy for me to be able to do this and have my family involved in it yeah because they all have they they all have you know a direct connection to to where i work yeah and they've all been able to support me in what's basically something that i I love to do Mm. um Mm. you know if it was 
you know, that you guys didn't want to do, then maybe it'd be more of a hardship on you. But it's the fact that we can sure. actually all do something together is, uh, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's, uh, nice. it's a real, it's a real joy and a real, uh, for me, it's, it's the, you know, when I talk about the fellowship side of the choir, um, that when you put your own personal family into it, it is, it becomes a celebration of family. It's yeah. like your own family and then that yeah. wider family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, that that's really what it is for me. It's a celebration of family. Yeah. So. Nice. Nice. And then, so obviously looking, looking forward to the future, um, obviously we've got this roadmap in place and fingers crossed everything all goes according to plan and so far so good, knocking on wood. Mm. Um, but yeah, so what's the, what's the plan? Is there any kind of thing on the immediate or is it sort of a case of waiting for the next school? I say school year, but like the next uh, educational year to, yeah. to kind of kick things kicked off and sort of somewhat back to normal. Yeah, I think from from what I've seen of the roadmap and what I've heard, things like singing together in in church worship and that kind of yeah, thing will only yeah. be allowed in from June, and that's you know that really is the end of the academic year for the students anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's for me, I'm kind of my, I'm like fingers crossed that that things will be able to come back in some shape or form in person for the new academic year, which yeah. for universities is we're talking about the last. The last week in September, I suppose. Yeah. But it's going to be a tough one this year because I've ultimately lost two years worth of, course, of students. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas normally, you know, you have your first years, then become your second years, your second yeah. years become your third years. Yeah. So you've got some people with experience in there. And yeah. then when you get your freshers come along every year, yeah, you've got a few people to kind of to guide the way yeah, and I say see. this is how we do things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to have that. So it's going to be like going all the way back to 2008 when yeah, I kind of started again, go from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which is, which is a bit scary. Yeah. But I think in some ways it's probably a little bit exciting as well. So it makes mixing things up for the more, more positive reasons, I suppose, you know? Well, yeah, it's just the fact that, you know, that, that maybe I can, I can, you know, like you say, just mix things up a little bit and maybe, yeah, maybe do some things that I've not done before because yeah. you can't, you do tend to get dragged along with a crowd type of thing Yeah, where people will say, Oh, I really like that song. You know, we'll do that one then. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it means that I can, you know, maybe just sort of like lift things up a little bit and just, yeah. just throw in a bit of change. Yeah. Nice. Um, but that's just going to take a little bit of, <clears throat> a bit of bravery on my part as well. So yeah, a bit of trial and error. Obviously I'm um, yeah. 13 years older than I was then. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah nice and suppose yeah and like just uh, looking back i suppose you know gigging is obviously kind of where where it's out and it's i suppose mm. and services and stuff what's the uh looking back on all the the years that you've done all these gigs now what's the best gig that you, you think you've done as a as a choir what's the one that sort of as a standout mm. like oh yeah that's that's the one for you it's, it's a it's a bizarre question ben actually because um you know, we like I say, we do these Christmas concerts and summer concerts, and I don't know whether it's just something that's built into me or mm. into the people that I that I perform with. But you kind of come away from each one going, "Do you know that was better than the last one?" Right. Yeah. And now, what? Now, whether that's just me or you know, all of us just bigging ourselves up, going, "Yeah, yeah, we knocked it out, knocked it out of the park, no problem at yeah. all. That was great." Yeah. Or whether they are genuinely just getting better and better. Yeah, and whether yeah. it's down to the the quality of music, the choice of music, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the the to be honest, the one of the big standout moments for me, and this this goes back quite a while, and it was actually connected to the London Community Gospel Choir. Yeah. And it was their thirtieth anniversary. It must have been ten years ago because they're now advertising their fortieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can do maths. It's quite good as an account. <laughs> they had a big celebration concert in uh, Festival Hall. Mm. But it was a choir festival as well, so we got the opportunity to sing on the South Bank. Yeah, and uh, so we had to, you know, had to put up various little, like you know, I say, gazebos. There were more than gazebos. Yeah, along the South Bank, and there was hordes and hordes of people, and, yeah. and had some, you know, we did some, you know, some pretty fantastic performances there. But then in the evening, we went into the festival hall, and basically, apart from an invited audience. Mm. everybody that was in the audience was from a gospel choir 
right, yeah. that was connected or affiliated to the London Community Gospel Choir. Yeah. And I think there was something like about 40 gospel choirs in there, plus them on stage. Yeah. And um, what they did that night was to break the world record for the largest performing gospel choir because we all sang right, right, gotcha. Happy Day with the the uh, Guinness Book of Records people there walking around and making sure that everybody was actually singing even right. though they were singing in the seat. Right. And uh, and they were going around sort of like, you know, well, you had your phone out taking a video, so you weren't really performing, so discount right, you. Right. But it ended up with, uh, I think, the, the actual people that they ticked off. The the first, the, the original one uh, record was something like about uh, 600 and something. And uh, on that night, it was over 1,400 people performing over yeah. every day. Nice. And and I was actually on stage because all the choir leaders were invited down onto the stage. Oh, cool! So it's kind of the reverse of you know what we were talking about earlier on of going out and yeah. looking at a dark theatre and spotlights. Yeah, they had all the house lights up. Yeah, I was on stage and there was all people in the audience in their gospel robes and things like that. Yeah, nice. and you could see the little groups of different colours of robes and uniforms yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and they were from all over Europe as well. So and it was just an absolute joy and nice. you know i felt probably the word would be high yeah yeah, it yeah. was just a huge huge high yeah i bet uh, and yeah. just seeing that whole celebration of of what that kind of music does and yeah. what it does to people and seeing so many people enjoying themselves and mm. and it was it was it was celebration total yeah. celebration nice and that's you know that's really what I'm looking forward to be able to doing properly again. Yeah, yeah. But with the the image that that something has been able to happen even though we've not been together. So yeah, I mean, like even from a purely from a I suppose if you want to call it a punter, you know, or as as mixing and, and stuff like that. The the ones that always sort of get to me is the when you do your cathedral gigs where it's the candlelight concerts around Christmas time. And yeah, you get a sense of like, spectacular. yeah, so you're in Canterbury Cathedral, you know, which has got this, you know, monolith of history behind it. Mm. And then they switch all the lights off and all the candles are put on and you get this sense of like, oh, this is what it would have been like 400 years ago or something like that. Yeah, so You're singing music yeah, yeah. that definitely, definitely wouldn't have been a part of that uh, space 400 years ago. Mm. So it's a real kind of like, yeah, modern versus kind of like a very old school thing and coming together and the music lends itself to that whole humongous space really nicely yeah so that's a definitely a highlight yeah, i mean that's that's, being a that's always a, you know. that's always an emotional night every year for mm. me uh like i say i mean i was brought up as a catholic and i still attend the catholic church uh and then you go to the, like the the mother church of the church of england mm. and i kind of sometimes feel more at home there yeah and i don't know what yeah. it is there is something that draws me to that building yeah and yeah. like you say when the lights go out and you think you know it was like this for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. But that whole, just that ethereal sound and, and the way that it, you know, and it's obviously... Like unamplified and that's just how it is, you know, yeah. And it, you could probably explain it to me over, you know, a, a, a few hours. But mm. it's the fact that it's in the dark as well. Yeah. It seems to do something to the sound to me. And sure. it's obviously kind of an imaginary thing, but... Yeah, it's it's, it's the, just that ethereal thing. It's just the sound. I suppose you're getting a sense. It's a psychoacoustic thing. It's more of a like you can't necessarily see the roof as well, you know. No. So you you get like a more of a sense of it's one thing when it's like floodlit, but you get a sense of scale of like oh these pillars are actually massive. Mm -hmm. um, so then you get a sense of like oh the reverb in this room is actually going to be more huge, and you're kind of yeah more I suppose yeah psychoacoustically aware of the grandness of the of the space and stuff like that so yeah 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 but it is the again it's the it's the going back in history because you know mm. if you were in the, the in the body of the church and yeah. like you know back in the day the monks would have been singing in the choir part which is you know connected to the monastery so behind yeah. the, the the choir wall i can't think yeah. what it's called um it just would have been the sound would have been there yeah yeah and it would have just been walking into this incredibly solemn place yeah and just hearing just the, the echoes of, and, you know, you go in there now and you get the similar kind of thing and you just get these, like, it's his, like, echoes of the past. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, 
it's a it's a spooky feeling, but it's kind of a warm feeling as well. Yeah, and it's you know it, it really does like you know for me it really t- tugs mm. on the heartstrings because yeah definitely you know yeah that's really cool. And now I suppose the the one thing that I tend to get a lot if I'm sort of say that like you're involved in a gospel choir blah blah blah, and I'm sure you get it a lot as well is that a lot of people just go like oh yeah I love Sister Act. Like, right, okay, oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot more than Sister Act, you know. I mean, there's a lot more oh, than Whoopi yeah. and blah, blah blah blah. So, um, would you say that, like, maybe there's a movie that you'd recommend to someone to sort of go, like, right, here's another gospel movie to go and check out, and maybe like a couple of like songs or artists or something for people that maybe want to explore the the scene further? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's some pretty rubbish films. Sure, that, that's probably one of the best ones. I would say Sister Act Two is probably more akin to to gospel music than um sister act one which is more about adapting show music yeah but it kicked it off and it and it it did sort of like put it a bit more a bit more mainstream so it you know it did its job and it's a great film plus you know it's actually pretty good stage show too i went saw it a few years ago yeah yeah the the two of my favorite films um again that they kind of run on the same kind of stuff of uh of gospel competitions yeah, one of them's called the Fighting Temptations. Yes, which we've done a couple of songs from in the past. Yeah, um, and it's not the best film. It's actually quite a funny film, and it's it's kind of irreverent in places as well. Yeah, but it's the people that are in the film. Yeah, that make it because it has um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, amazing actor. Yeah, uh, Faith Hill. Yeah, uh, who's uh, an amazing Black American singer. Yeah, a very early Beyonce Knowles. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he like goes around the town trying to find people that can sing, and uh, the three guys that work in the barbershop are the OJ's. Yeah, so you just got this whole mix of people from like this town, and they had, they sort of like they build up this gospel choir. Yeah, and uh, and then you know the the final result of the music is you know so it's quite a, it's quite a funny film. Uh, yeah. It has a couple of down points, obviously, because all comedy type films do have a few sure, yeah. low points. Yeah, but then the music is fantastic. Nice. On on the other side of that, there's a film called Joyful Noise. Okay. Stars Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a number of other people in it whose names I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even too sure where you get it these days or where you would see it. Yeah. Um you can certainly get all of the songs, all of the performed songs online. Yeah. Um because I try to learn a few of them just by looking at them on YouTube. Yeah. And it's for me it's it's a, a very soppy kind of rubbish film. Sure. But the music, some of it is out of this world. Nice. I mean they have uh Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. Yeah. Which the original has a gospel choir in it. Yeah. Um but when you listen to them doing it, it's crazy. There's um, it's a song called "Maybe I'm Amazed," which actually makes me get a lump in my throat every time I hear it. So, right, Maybe yeah. I'm amazed at the way you love me all time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you hear that with a with a gospel choir in the background, and it's just you know, and some of it is just li- little bits of oohs and ahs, and then they just come in with this big bam, and you think, whoa, yeah, nice. hold on to your seat, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a few songs in there, and there's one that really does make me cry, which is called "Fix Me," which is which is actually yeah. an old um, an old spiritual song. Yeah, but that's just one of these bits that's just done like one person sitting at a piano, Queen Latifah sitting at a piano, just singing. Nice. And uh, and yeah, so that's that's a great music, mm. bad film. Sure. Um, but yeah, the others sort of like a but worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, but cool. definitely. And then, yeah, maybe like an artist that you uh, would recommend for people to sort of go like, right, if you go and listen to this, their back catalogue is like, you know, just amazing gospel through and through. The the big, the person that actually got me, or the artist that, that I really picked up on when I started doing this in 2008, I would say would be Kurt Franklin. Yeah, okay. And Kurt Franklin is one of these sort of like American gospel artists who basically turned his life around. Um, right. And... Uh, and it's produced some incredible music um, that is worth listening to. Yeah. Um, some of the messages in the music, some of them are big production numbers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, it's not as if, you know, this is, this is all just sort of like, it's a lovely, sweet music. It's not, you know, he'll have a, 
you know, a, a 30 piece choir and, uh, you know, a 20 piece band right, and nice. full on and, you know, to, you know, playing stadiums and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, some of his music is absolutely out of this world. I had the, the pleasure of going and seeing him at the, the Copper Pot Stadium in the Olympic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, he did a UK tour. I mean, he did a couple of new songs, but then he, I mean, he doesn't really sing, to be honest. He's, he, he's more of a, one of a, like a hype like man. The, he's, he is definitely a hype man. He, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. talks, he talks the music, whereas, you know, he gets yeah. everybody else to sing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But obviously, he writes all the music. Yeah. Um, and he literally, in the middle of the concert, he just said, he said, like, enough of this. And he sat down at a piano yeah. on the yeah. stage and just started playing a load of songs from his back catalogue. Yeah. And hearing everybody in the stadium singing along with it yeah. was just incredible. Nice. Um, and then it was literally at the end, of the, the end of the gig, he literally just, you know, stood up from the piano and just dropped the mic, said, peace out. Not so good for the sound engineers. We're like, oh, it's a two hundred pound. It's not no, but I, I've, I've only done it once, Ben, and I did that with uh, with a broken microphone just for yep. effect. Yeah, yes. <laughs> didn't make the right noise though. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I would say Kurt Franklin. The other one cool. is the, the other person I'd recommend probably is Anthony Brown. Yeah, but um, yeah, you really need to get into into it if uh, if you're going to go down the Anthony Brown route. But nice. Kurt Franklin is. Uh, so uh, yeah, I suppose the only thing there's left to do is, um, you know, where can fi- people find you? I guess on on social media and sort of things to catch up on when you're gigging and all of the videos that you've been up to and anything else you've got going on in the future. Well, I, w- I would normally this is where sort of like you know that uh, that you're the professional um, social media star and do all your podcasting stuff and everything, and and I kind of leave a lot of this to other people. Right. So um, you know, I would reel off a whole load of addresses for you, but I can say that the best thing for you to do is if you if you just google canterbury christchurch gospel choir and youtube and all that kind of stuff that there are plenty of little links out there that will just take you straight through yeah, you can't nice. miss it basically recently we've been wearing black with red stoles yeah before that there's yeah <laughs> t-shirts and jeans yeah <laughs> that's the thing yeah um but yeah, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of videos online, and um, hopefully that you're gonna you know if you get the opportunity to keep this going, that I can uh, I can maybe use you to advertise me a little bit on to to some yeah, of your great. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But, um, but once we get get back going, um, you know, it's gonna be a real uh, pleasure to be able to invite people back in. Yeah, nice. To some kind of a a space to actually you know to 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 feel the vibe. Yeah, uh, definitely. And to be able to perform to them and and as you know, not just to them but with them. Yeah. You know, it is, you know, once you're through that door, there's no way that you're actually just gonna sit down and go, Oh, that was a nice concert, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will make you get up and dance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you should come away from our concerts with sore hands because you've been clapping all night. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um but yeah, so as soon as it's out there, then I will try and get the word across. But certainly, just yeah. look it up, and you can you can like our Facebook page, and uh, and all of our events when they when they happen will be advertised on there, and you can you know you'll yeah. get your little personal invite type of thing. Yeah, yeah. so we'll uh, we'll put our, the link to um, like the Facebook page, and the Instagram page, and all that sort of thing, and a few YouTube things on our show links and stuff. So. Fantastic. You know, uh, those listening can sort of click on the links and sort of discover a bit more. Um, so that's wicked. So yeah, Dad, Vince, you know, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, son. And thank you for spreading your positivity over the last year. It's been a joy to listen to and makes me feel very proud of what you're doing. So I know. It's well so done well. to you and Kez as well in his absence. Yeah. I'll probably have to get away with the, uh, the diving in the rough bit at some other stage. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Thank you very much for doing it, and uh, no, no. and I'm glad that we've been able to work together over the last year or so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and well, you know, we've all always got one year birthday coming up for the podcast and stuff. Oh yeah, a couple of weeks. So yeah, long long may it continue. So yeah, no, uh, thank you very much. Fantastic. All right, take care. So what a lovely little episode that was. And how bizarre, from my point of view, to interview your own dad. But that that was cool. It was really good. And things like, you know, learning about 
like Wade in the Water, that actually it was, it's not just a, a song that you would kind of know and it's quite a church and faith-based song and a gospel song, but you're actually sort of, it's coded messages so people can communicate within the time of slavery and things like that. So that has inspired me a little bit more to delve into the history of gospel. Michelle and I, my, uh, my girlfriend, we went to Harlem when we were visiting New York a couple of years ago and we went to a gospel concert um, I say gospel concert, it was just service. It was just a normal service. Um, but obviously it was gospel music, so it felt like a concert. And it was one of the most moving, most incredible things. And what we did before that, it was you learning about the history of gospel music in Harlem and how the music came about and the history behind it and just learning about Harlem as a whole thing. One of the best experiences I've ever done. Like, hands down, the most incredible, beautiful way to start a Sunday morning whilst in New York. It was amazing. Incredible. So... Yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode too. Do sound us out and let us know what you thought in our socials. Now, let's end the episode with a bit of good news. It's time for good news. Now, I'm going to do, like I did last week, a bit of a news roundup. So we're going to have a chat about, you know, uh, a few headlines from around the world. So we start things off in Colombia, in the city of Medellin. There is a listening pod where people can talk to a therapist and find support for their mental health. And what it looks like, it looks like it's sort of in a train station or a tube station. And it's like, yeah, exactly that. The kind of round, oval style, like little pod thing, sectioned off, soundproofed. And looks like you can just, yeah, get immediate help, like on the spot to get help with your mental health. I think that's really important. That's really cool. That's brilliant. Do you have a wound? This sounds a bit personal, but do you have a wound? Scientists are developing a bioprinter that can 3D print living skin using the patient's own cells. Now, that's bonkers to even think that that's even a thing, but potentially revolutionary for people out there sort of who've got like, yeah, quite severe injuries and stuff like that. So that's incredible news. That's really, really cool. A Banksy painting depicting a young boy playing with a superhero nurse doll has raised more than £16.16 million for an NHS charity being sold at auction. £16 million for an NHS charity is amazing. And, you know, after the year that they've had and all the trials and tribulations they've had to do in the last few months, it's like, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. And it's great to see that Banksy's, his reputation is being used for the power of good. So that's really cool. Sesame Street have added two black Muppets, Wes and Elijah, as part of their initiative to tackle race and racism through the show. So that's really forward moving. That's really cool. And Sesame Street have always been, you know, a big leader, I think, of inclusivity, for want of a better word. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, NGO Sapo Cycle collects and recycles soap from luxury hotels and it has delivered more than 150,000 soap bars to thousands of families and refugee camps. So... You know, how many times have we gone like, ah, free soap, cool. Now they're using that for the power of good to help those in need. And I think that's really brilliant. That's really cool. Uh, Nepalese climbers have spent 47 days cleaning 2.2 tonnes of trash from Everest while the tourists was away. Now, I had no idea that there was even going to be trash all over Everest. I just thought it was just a case of like, you just climb up there. But I'm looking at the picture now and there was just bags and bags and bags of rubbish. You know, even the one of the most prestigious kind of mountains of the world isn't quite safe from whatever plastic or rubbish there is out there. So um, that's really incredible uh, good news there as well. Uh, and finally, uh, Wales have made black history lessons mandatory in new school curriculum. All students will be taught about the contributions of black, Asian and minority ethnic communities to Welsh society. So yeah, I'm sure me and Kez are going to talk about that uh, when Kez is back. What a brilliant way to make it not just this token thing like you have like Black History Month. Let's actually teach it regularly in schools. Let's make everybody's history just as important as the history that we have currently been taught in schools. So I think that's really brilliant and forward thinking and who knows where it's going to be introduced throughout the UK if it's a successful programme. So well done, Wales. You've done good. Now, if you want to find out more about the Canterbury Christchurch Gospel Choir, it's really, really easy. You can join them on their socials. You can join them on Facebook at Canterbury CCGC. That's Canterbury CCGC, which stands for Canterbury Christchurch Gospel Choir. Uh, You can find them on Instagram at Christchurch Gospel, and you can find them on Twitter at CC Gospel Choir. For all of the latest news, social media loveliness they've got going on, find out when their next gig is, when we can all start gigging again. Now, did you enjoy this episode? What have you guys thought so far? We're almost at the year birthday of 
of the podcast. I can't even believe that we've been doing this for a year. This is absolutely bonkers. In a good way, bonkers as well. Now, if you want to get in touch with us, maybe sort of like let us know what your thoughts have been over the past year. Have you been regularly listening? Have you just joined us? What are you thinking so far? Is there anything that you want us to cover? Are there people that you want us to kind of get in touch with? Do let us know. You can send us out and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at 2ppodcast and on facebook.com forward slash 2ppod. You can visit us on our website, 2ppodcast.com and get in touch with us via email. Just email hello at 2ppodcast.com. Please get in touch. We read all of your messages. And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. It really helps us to reach as many people as we can to spread that sweet positivity. And tell your friends and family too, because word of mouth is the new TikTok challenge. Mm, Yeah, I went there. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Peas and love. We have been two peas in a pod. Because we'll be back really, really soon. And I've been Ben P with a big, lovely P. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.